Would you bow your heads in prayer? Lord, grant that today in your word, you would point us to you. And Lord, that you would equip us to be like that in the world. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, our text today is related to the gospel reading. It's related to the whole story of John, but it's, it's from the third chapter of the Apostle John. Verse 26, it says, And they came to John, and they said to him, Rabbi, he was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness. Look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness, and I told you, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly in the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. Ah. Let's fire our text, and we'll probably read some more of that. I've only had it happen once. Only one time have I been asked to be someone's best man. It was by a, a friend of both Lynn and I that we went to college with and seminary. He's up in brilliant Wisconsin. If you ever have an occasion to drive through the big metropolis of brilliant, it's right on the way to Green Bay, as long as you're not on the interstate. You know, it's a strange thing about being asked to be the best man. It is the most misnamed position ever. You are not the best man. The groom is. It's, it, it seems obvious, right? I mean, your job when you're the best man, is to serve him. Plan a party for him, right? You make sure he gets to the wedding on time. You do what my son-in-law's best man did for him when he pulled up and saw Bethany outside the church. He shoved him down so that he wouldn't see her before the wedding. I don't think he got hurt. You're in charge of the rings, usually, or you and the maid of honor are, right? Your job during the wedding is to stand there next to him. And when the pastor asks, you give him the rings. I always warn them. I don't like this thing where they go down the line trying to find the rings in their pocket. At the reception, your job 
is to toast the groom. You're to stand up and you're to tell the bride and her family and everybody there what a great guy the groom is. And then you're done. You fade into the background. You turn in your tux. 25 years later, the couple says, who was the, who was the best man? You are to live out the words of the apostle of the of the Baptist, right? He must increase and you must decrease. That's the picture that John uses to describe his ministry. In our text, the followers of John are all upset because there are more people going and following John the Jesus than there are following John the Baptist, but John isn't upset at all. Look what he says. A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. Friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, I must decrease. John's point is of course, they're following Jesus. That's the way it's supposed to be. I'm only the best man, or in John's words, the friend of the bridegroom. Now, you know, when you look at John, when you read today's gospel reading from Mark 1, you might, you might begin to think that this guy is trying to draw attention to himself. I mean, the Bible tells us he was clothed in camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. He ate bugs ate locusts and wild honey. He's kind of like a crazy man, like he's wanting attention. And then, and then you look at the success of this guy's ministry, right? It says uh, in the text, it says, all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. It's like... He's got the big church in town. He's River Point, and everybody's jealous. It could have been very easy for John to think, man, look at, look at this success. I must be a pretty good pastor. But you'd be wrong. That's not what John says at all. It's not. All about him. Listen to these words. After me, this is he's explaining. He says, After me comes one, comes he, who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He must increase, and I must decrease. That's my job, he says. 
And he provides, my friends, the perfect example of what our job is, of what our calling is. See, calling us to be contagious Christians, Jesus calls us to be the friend of the groom. Now, I want to think for a few minutes about what that means. And the first thing it means is to be the friend of the groom is a gift of God's grace. That means it's undeserved. You know, I, I didn't go up to Mark when he got engaged and say, Mark, got a deal for you. I'll be your best man. It's not the way it works. I didn't try out for the position. I didn't interview for the position. I didn't earn the position. I got to be his best man for one reason and one reason only. He asked. I don't know why he asked, except we'd known each other a while. But he asked. Folks, that's the way it is with Jesus, and more so. We are friends of the groom because he asked. Because he made it that way. A person, did you hear John say that? A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. This is a gift. You, you know the words of Jesus, right? Greater love has no one than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And then he says, and you are my friends. And then a, a verse or two later he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Right? He came. He laid down his life. He rose again the third day. He came to you and me in baptism, and he called you and me by name. He washed away our sins. He adopted us into his family. We are friends of the groom from start to finish because of him. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God so that no one can boast. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. To be the best man, to be the friend of the groom, is a gift. And at least the second thing that we learn, maybe the toughest thing to learn, being the friend of the groom is not about you or about me. John says, you yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him, the one who has the bride. That's the bridegroom. You can tell who the best man is. He's standing next to the bride. <laughs> and it's not me. John knew his place. The question I have for you and me today is do we How many of us 
when the opportunity presents itself, speak up and seize the day and tell others about Jesus. Or has it ever happened to you that you've been more worried about what they're going to think about you? That maybe it might be better for your job or better for your relationship with that family member or better for your relationship with whoever if you just kept your mouth shut. Or maybe, maybe you and I are like the, the fellow in my first parish. He, he would do anything for you. But he always had to make sure that everybody knew what he had done for you. He liked to shine the light on himself. How many decisions in life are all about you? Yeah, I have to tell you, when I had the call to go to Germany. When I was considering that call, that's where my mind was. I liked the big church. I liked my new office. I loved our home, our pool. I loved living close to kids and grandkids. And I'm not telling you this to share with you what all I gave up, but to tell you that the truth is in that process, God had to humble me. And he had to say, is that why you're a pastor, Wayne? Because of the office or the church or the house? Is it all about you? That's an empty way to live. That's a shell of a life. Being his friend, our role is about him. This morning in my devotion, I was reading in um, Psalm 143, at the end of the psalm, he, the psalmist asks all these things. And you know why he asked God to do all these things for him? He says, for your sake. Not mine. See, that's the third thing. It's not about you or me. It's about Jesus. The real joy of being a contagious Christian is sharing Jesus with others. You know, Linda and I, we knew Mark a long time. College, he was a roommate, friend of both of us. He stood up in our wedding, went to seminary with him. He drove the U-Haul. They carried both his stuff and our stuff from the seminary to Nebraska to our first call. We were really concerned and, and, and wanted to find the right woman for this guy. And, and at one point, we even tried to fix him up with somebody. It didn't work out so well. But when he met Chris, that was the joy being the best man. Standing next to him that day and seeing that big, dumb grin on his face when he and she said, I do. 
I see the same grin and have the same joy every time I look at his Facebook page and see pictures of him and his family, or we get his Christmas letter in the mail and read about what's been happening to him and their three kids and Chris through the year. That's the joy of being the best man. That's the joy that John describes of being the friend of Christ. He says, the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, I must decrease. I have to tell you, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that I love that, that is the great, when I look at the life now as pastor and father and grandfather, I love hearing my boys and my daughter share their faith. I love, even though we can't be there, when I get to watch my grandkids on FaceTime or whatever we're using, share their faith in a children's program. It's a great joy to get an email like I did a number of years ago from a young man who used to be, that I got to confirm, he's now a DCE. Another part of the country, talking about how much he loves serving Jesus. It's a great, it's a great joy. A couple weeks ago, when we were on vacation in November, went up for Dallas to Dallas for a couple of days, stopped at our good friend's house, their son, who was in youth group in Texarkana. He's now a pastor up there in the Dallas area, and hearing him talk about their ministry. It's a joy. I have a former student writing on her Facebook page this week about one of her students coming to her and telling her, I just love learning about Jesus and studying the Bible. It's the joy of seeing what Jesus is doing in the lives of people that I've gotten to be a part of their lives. I've gotten to be one of the people that pointed to Jesus and said, there he is. That's the one. It's the same joy you get in Sunday school when you teach Sunday school. It's the same joy you get as a Stephen minister when you sit and care for and love somebody who's hurting. It's the same joy you get as a lay minister or a deaconess or a choir member or in the praise band or wherever it is. It's the same joy that's there because you're filming the service and letting people outside of here see what's going on and hear about Jesus. It's the joy of the best man. The friend of the groom, the joy of toasting the groom, of telling people about Jesus and then stepping back, fading back into the background so who they see and what they see is him. Because you know what? It really doesn't matter that they know you or me. What matters? It's not that somebody becomes a member of Fishers. That's not going to get anyone to heaven. What matters is that they know Jesus.
What matters is that whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God which pass on understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.